Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. And then why don't we give all the mamas a great clap? Come on, give all the mamas a great shout. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Give someone a high five and say, I'm so glad you had a good mama. I'm so glad you had a good mama. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies. How many mamas got breakfast in bed this morning? A few hands are up. Well done, well done, well done. So good. It's, it's the, uh, it never ceases to amaze me that uh, uh, I was talking to one of our, our pastors in the, uh, the 8.30 service, and he's like, yeah, you know, today... I let you know her sleep in, and we decided we were going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I bet she feels blessed. Hey, we're going to do today what you do the other 364 days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, Pastor Charles was talking about a mother's love, and he met me in the corridor there, and he's like, Pastor, you've got a face only a mama can love. And I'm not sure what he means by that, but... Uh, Anyway, I just took it as a compliment. And hey, these guys are here from Arizona. Can you guys stand up? Would you welcome these fantastic people? They are dear friends of ours, all the way from beautiful Phoenix in Arizona. I'm so glad you're here, because I told you I was going to be at North, and I'm here, and so forgive me for the confusion. But uh, great to have you guys here. And uh, I just love Mother's Day. Mother's Day is awesome, and uh, all the people watching online, and if my beautiful prayer mama, I have a prayer mama who prays for me every week in Australia. If you're watching beautiful Sylvia, thanks for being my amazing prayer mom. But I want you to come with me in your Bibles to Genesis 3.15, because the title of my message today, believe it or not, is A Mother Save the Day. A Mother Save the Day. I should have changed it after watching that awesome rap video with beautiful Quatcha. Is there anything that young lady can't do? The girl can preach, she can pray, she can lead, she can prophesy, and now she can be a star in a rap video. Ronnie, did you know she was that awesome when you married her? She wasn't, was she? It's just great husbandry, great leadership in the home. It's like the man of God has shaped this woman into a mighty weapon. You're amazing, Ronnie. You know, right, right around the world right now is, you know, all kinds of debates on, you know, political sphere and in social spheres. And we're seeing the rise of, of uh, you know, Islam and uh, right around the world. But I just want you to know uh, so that you can hear it here clearly that God actually has a very, very high value and very, very high place of honor for the woman, for the woman, for, especially for, the, for a mother. Uh, right around the world, there's, there's always been the, the, the woman that ha has been oppressed. And you will not find that in the scripture. One of the, in fact, one of the biggest attacks we get on a regular basis is from well-meaning religious people, well-meaning Christian religious people who don't understand uh, 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 
the concept of context. So they'll come to us and they'll see a Pastor Becky or they'll see a Pastor Summer or a Pastor Pam or a Pastor Quatcher or you know, Pastor Leanne or one of our great female leaders on the platform and they'll come you know, wanting to bring a word of correction and a word of rebuke and a word of censure and saying, hey, Paul said a woman should keep silent in the church and shouldn't. And, uh, you know, and it's like, wow, you really need to reread your Bible. Because Paul was speaking to and he says, you know, I say to you, not God, I say to you, in this context, this pagan environment in Ephesus and in Corinth, where the Greeks worshipped female deities, where, where the woman was the head of the home, not the man, where everything was upside down and turbulent, and men was, he says, in that context, you, you just need to, to, to get some balance and some order. But can I just tell you, God's very, very first prophecy is in Genesis 3.15. Adam and Eve have just partaken of the forbidden fruit. Sin has entered into mankind and God has now come to repair and clean up this mess. And this is what God says in Genesis 3.15. He said, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. So the very first prophecy, God says, I'm going to fix all of this. But the day is going to be saved by a mama because a, a woman doesn't have seed. She has ovaries, she has, releases eggs. The man has the seed. So the very first prophecy, God says a mama is going to save the day. A mama is going to, to deliver a child who will be the Messiah. Oh, you bruise his heel, devil, but that's the best you can do. When they nailed him to the cross, that was the best the devil could do. But the very cross, the, the, the very heel that was bruised was the, the foot that crushed the head of the serpent. When they lifted the cross up, just so you know, the, the Bible uh, is just magnificent. The Bible has no coincidences in it when they lifted up this is it dropped it into the uh, a place called Golgotha Golgotha literally means place of the skull because it was there where God crushed the skull but even more than that it's it's Golgotha it comes from the skull of Goliath where David had years before taken the head off of the, the giant's body and right there and so the devil bruised the heel when Jesus was nailed to the cross but the very heel that he bruised was the heel that was lifted up and dropped into that hole that crushed the devil's head and set you and I free. Salvation came through a woman. Then again, we fast forward into Exodus chapter 2. And we see this beautiful mama called Jochebed. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. This is our Vision Builders Month. And I want to just echo Pastor Becky on the power of giving. Because Jochebed has a son called Moses. And the Bible says that she hid her son because he was beautiful for three months. There's not a mama that doesn't believe her baby's beautiful. And she hid him for three months. The reason she had to hide him was because Pharaoh had issued a decree that uh, he was a little bit concerned because his slave labor class were multiplying so quickly that he thought if they keep growing like this, they could very much overthrow the Egyptian army and the Egyptian authorities. So we, we better stop. We better put a cap on their growth. You can read that in, in your Bible and think that it happened, it's happened, been happening here. Margaret Sanger's intention was to do that as well. And, uh, and so Pharaoh issued a decree to the, the uh, midwives saying, when, when, whenever a little girl is born, let her live. But when a boy is born, take the boy and, you know, kill him. Don't, don't, don't let him live. But no one goes into midwifery 
to, to abort a child. They're going to midwifery to deliver a child. And so the midwives refuse to do it. So then Pharaoh has to issue a decree and he says to all the Egyptians, any of you Egyptians, if you see any little, little uh, Hebrew boy, you throw him into the, into the Nile, you murder him. There was permission to, to, to murder. I mean, you think that we live in racially tense times now? My goodness, we, got, we have no idea. Just the wickedness that's been recorded throughout human history. Throughout human history. And so here, uh, Jochebed gives birth to this beautiful little boy called Moses. And after three months, she realized she can't hide him. The penalty for holding him is, is going to be death. And so what she does is she gives in this incredibly racial environment, she gives her little boy. She gives the seed that she has produced in her body, this little life, and she gives him. Now, how many people know the Bible says, Jesus speaking, give, and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. That when you give, it never departs from you. Did you know that? Whenever you give, it doesn't depart from you permanently. Whenever you give, it leaves your hand and goes into your future where it multiplies and comes back. Okay, you're looking at me with that look. Okay, slightly cloudy, I understand. She gives a little baby, three months old. She gives a little baby. It looks like it's left her hand. But that little baby comes back in the future. He doesn't come back as a little baby. He comes back as a deliverer with the rod of God in his hand. And he delivers the entire nation of Egypt out of 400 years of bondage, 400 years of slavery with a mighty hand, with signs of with what, what the seed that she released came back, multiplied somebody. It came back anointed. It came back delivering. It didn't just set her household free. It set the entire nation free. There is a power in your giving. Don't ever, don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you that giving is and powerful giving is God's way giving is God's answer for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son when God wanted to bring deliverance to mankind it came through giving and uh, this is vision builders month but right now I want you to come with me in your Bibles to Matthew 15 Matthew 15 the title of this message is a mama save the day a mama save the day Matthew 15 21 hang on to your hats fasten your seatbelt strap yourself in Dorothy because Kansas is about to go bye-bye. Matthew 15, 21, Then Jesus went out from there, departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, son of David, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But Jesus answered her, Not a word. His disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She cries out after us. So Jesus answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What an incredible story about a mother about a mother. Now, I love this story because this girl is not a, not a, she's not a Hebrew. She's not an Israelite. She's a Syrophoenician, which means she's born outside of the covenants of Israel. And yet her story is in the Bible, 
Her story is in the Bible because God wants to show you the, the power of a mama's cries, the power of a mama's prayers. Never underestimate the power of a mama's prayers. In fact, many of us are saved because of a mama's prayers somewhere or especially a grandmama's prayers. There's nothing more powerful than a grandmama's prayers. And so I love this story. So I want to just show you three things to encourage our mamas today that this woman had to overcome. Uh, the first one is she comes crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is severely demon possessed. In other words, the, the power of the devil is vexing, is possessing, is seeking to destroy and torment this young life. She's discerned that this is from the devil. She's discerned that there is a demonic force, a demonic spirit. You'll always know the, the, the presence of the demonic because it's the absence of peace. Amen. Wherever there's a demon, there's oppression. Wherever there's, wherever there's a demon, there is torment. People are tormented in their minds, tormented by thoughts, tormented by fears, tormented by phobias. Let me just tell you, at C3 Church, we, we, we are not just going to teach you on a, on a, on a physiological level. We're actually going to, we understand the, the word has, has power over the natural, but we also understand there is a spiritual dimension. There is a spiritual dimension. One of the things that will happen once you receive Christ into your life, you will find that there's a next step, and the next step is for you to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit fills you to overflowing that you'll start speaking in languages you've never learned. It's a supernatural tongue. It's a supernatural set of languages, and, and it engages your spirit with the Spirit of God to pray. And the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf for things that, that you don't know how to pray as you ought, Romans 8.26, and, and you'll find shikets and you find yourself praying in languages you never learned, but you're allowing God to pray on your behalf and He's shifting things and dealing with things in the spiritual realm. In fact, every breakthrough happens first in the spirit and then manifests itself in the natural. So we believe in a spiritual dimension. There are so many people who are just trying to medicate to numb or silence something that doesn't need to be medicated, it needs to be evicted. It needs to be cast out. It needs to be delivered. Amen. You can't medicate a demon. Let me just tell you that. But God wants to deliver you. God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free. So here's this woman and she recognizes the devil is destroyed. And you would think if anything, if Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, surely this would get his attention. We know that Jesus said about little children, suffer not the little children, but let them come to me. You would think that Jesus would not only be, be moved because a, a young girl is possessed by the power of the devil, but the fact that it's a little daughter, it's a little girl. But the Bible says Jesus answered her not a word. He just completely ignores her. The first obstacle she had to, had to overcome was silence. What do you do when you're in crises and heaven's silent? What do you do when you are walking through hell? And it seems like God the Father is silent. Pastor Leanne and I just watched a movie the other night. Uh, by Martin Scorsese. We're not really Martin Scorsese fans because he can be a little dark, but the movie was called Silent. And it's about the, uh, the, the Catholic padres who, who went to Japan in the 1500s and uh, just the persecution and what they went through. Uh, powerful movie, but the movie was called Silent because the, 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 Catholic, the Catholic padres in the midst of the persecution was wondering, why is God silent? Why is God silent? It's possible for us to get so caught up with religious ritual and tradition that you can actually block out the voice of God. 
one of the things we teach our leaders is how to hear the voice of God. I'm not sure whether you realize this, but God is always speaking. It's just us aren't always listening. God is always broadcasting. Can you prove that from the scripture, Pastor? Glad you asked. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Notice it doesn't say, I know the thoughts that I think about you. God, God loves you too much to just pontificate about you. He doesn't just sit there in heaven and think, <laughs> you're God, God doesn't think thoughts about you. He doesn't limit his thoughts to just being about you. The Bible says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God is thinking thoughts toward you. What kind of thoughts are they? They're good thoughts, the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God is constantly thinking thoughts toward you. He's thinking thoughts towards you. Why? Because he's hoping that just one of those thoughts you'll capture. Just one of those thoughts will take root. Just one of those thoughts will be planted into the seed of your psyche. The problem is most of us, depending on the dysfunctions of our upbringing or the perceptions of, of our, uh, uh, the father in our life, when God says, I've got a future for you, you, you know, your best days are in front of you. We discount it. Oh, come on, how could that even happen? Look at, how, look at how jacked up I am. Look at how messed up I am. Oh, that could never. And so we dismiss it, but it doesn't stop God. He just continues 24-7, 365 days a year. He just keeps broadcasting. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, one of these is going to get through. One of these is going to slip behind the goalkeeper. One of these is going to end up in the net. One of these, one, one day you just grab, oh my gosh, you're, well, maybe God does have a plan. Maybe God does have a future maybe maybe my, my, my end is going to be greater than my beginning maybe my future isn't determined by my past maybe and one thought God is always speaking we're just not always listening you've got to learn how to how to shift your dish some of us you know are on AM and God's operating on FM we just got to learn how to you got to learn how to you got to learn how to but what do you do when heaven's silent? I mean, when I first got saved, this, this, this person came up to me. They said to me, uh, they said, I don't understand you Christians. You know, you, you pray over and over and over again for the same thing. God's not deaf. Why do you have to pray over and over again? I thought, oh, wow. I thought, he's right and he's not even a Christian. <laughs> and in my, in my natural mind, now the Bible says the natural mind, the carnal mind, doesn't understand the things of God because these are spiritually discerned things. The carnal mind can't discern spiritual things. But in the natural, I'm thinking that makes sense. Why do I need to pray over and over and over? God's not deaf. Then I read in the Bible that God knows our needs before we even ask them. So I'm thinking, why do we even need to pray at all? Come on, God, just get on with it. But Jesus in Luke 18, when he taught the disciples how to pray, gave them the story of the persistent widow. He said, here is this widow and there was a judge. He says, the judge had no fear of God and no regard for men. Quite a corrupt judge. Yes. And, she said, and Jesus says, and this widow, she would come every morning, every morning, 9 a.m., when the doors would open for the court, she'd come running down, give me justice, give me justice. And so he'd have to get the security in there, give me justice. And the security guys would be, you know, kind of throwing her out onto the street and like, sorry, Your Honor, and, you know, proceed. And, you know, but the Bible says this happened day after day after day till, till the judge is kind of like, Oh, you know, he's got a little, little stash of, you know. And he's like looking, he's like, surely she, she's not going to turn up today. It's been months. And, uh, you know, it's 8.59 and 57 seconds, 58 seconds, 59, 9 o'clock. The door's open. Give me 
And she's running around and the, 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 the securities are chasing. Give me Jonathan, give me Jonathan. And so finally, the Bible says that not because he cared about her and not because he feared God, but finally he says, I'm going to give you justice lest you're continually coming weary me. I've got a drinking issue because of you. Jesus is likewise, I say to you, pray and do not lose heart. Now, let me just tell you, Jesus was not describing the character of God the Father. He was describing the environment or the atmosphere of resistance that exists in prayer. God is not ignorant. God is not indifferent to your suffering. But Jesus was teaching a principle that there is resistance and you and I have to clothe ourselves with persistence because there is a perception that when you're in pain heaven can be silent but Jesus says God's will and God's purpose is breakthrough keep going keep pressing keep going keep pressing because God will bring breakthrough the reason watch this the reason is that God is in heaven you and I are on earth. In between you and I on earth and God in heaven, the Bible says is what is known as the spiritual realm or heavenly places. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. In other words, he dominates that realm. The realm in between God in heaven and you on earth is dominated by demonic forces. We see this in Daniel chapter 10. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is praying and Gabriel comes to Daniel and he says these words to Daniel. He says, oh, Daniel, greatly beloved. He says, I want you to know that on the very first day, everyone say first day. He says, I want you to know on the very first day that you humbled yourself to pray, your prayer was heard in heaven and I was dispatched. I was sent by God in response to your prayer. He says, however, the prince, the demonic force, the, the territorial spirit, a fallen angel entity resisted me for 21 days. And he says, but Daniel, because you didn't back up, because you didn't quit, because you didn't fold, he says, because you, you added to prayer fasting, he says, Michael, the great protector of your people was also dispatched. He came to my aid and he began to war with the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And while he's warring with the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he looked at me and says, now go. And so I was able to slip through while he was battling. He took over the battle and he says, Daniel, now I have arrived. And behold, I will tell you not only what is going on now, but I must show you things to come. After I am gone, I have to go back to battle with the prince of Persia. Then the prince of Greece will come. This is some 40 to 50 years before the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great overthrows the Medo Medo Daniel had insight of something that was going to happen in 50 years before it happened because he broke through in the spirit can I just tell you there are times where you are going to pray and it seems like heaven is silent do not mistake heaven's silence for God's indifference do not mistake heaven's silence for God's ignorance can I just tell you there is resistance in the spirit realm the devil wants you to, to miss out he doesn't want you to breakthrough I love this woman because she's so persistent the disciples say can't send her away she's crying out after us persistence yeah. 
Persistence is always the answer to resistance. You've got to push through silence. The second thing, watch this. So now Jesus does answer her, but it's not the answer she wants to hear. Jesus says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Are you an Israelite, sweetie? She's like, no, I'm a Syrophoenician. That's right. I wasn't sent to you. I, I, I hear pastors and preachers and they're, they're very well meaning. So let's not throw any stones. They'll say to you, you know, God answers all our prayers. He just doesn't always say yes. You know, sometimes the, the answer you get from God isn't the answer you were looking for. Sometimes God says no. And it's true. Jesus there said, no, I was not sent to you. I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because Israel has a covenant with God. In that covenant is provision, is protection, is deliverance, is healing, is restoration. She's outside of the covenants. So Jesus is saying to her, sweetie, it's not my will. You know what I like about this mama? There's something about a mama. There's something about a mama. Do you know the first miracle that Jesus did was initiated by his mama? Did you know that? Jesus said, Mary comes and says, they've run out of wine. He says, well, what's, what's that to do with me, woman? And she goes, oh, you're going to call your mum a woman? Or you're going to go and get some wash pots, do what he says. You're going to start your miracles today, boy. And uh, there's something about a mama. So watch this. Watch this. Jesus says, it's not my will. I was not sent to the, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You are not an Israelite. He is discriminating. She is excluded. Watch her response. Next verse says, then she came and worshipped. Then she came and, do you know how many Christians I know have God on a performance contract? Oh, we, you know, we, we say, yes, I'm a Christian. I've got my little bumper sticker. <laughs> Not perfect, just forgiven. Got a little fish. Got a little ink on me, a little cross. But, you know, the truth is we have a, we have a little performance contract that we pull out. <laughs> yes, Lord, good morning, it's me. Uh, about to go to church and worship. <laughs> I need to remind you, you know this already. There's a plethora of gods. That I could be worshiping, and uh, I've chosen to worship you. If, if, here's my little list of to dos A to Z, starting with the A's. If you don't mind, Clark, I'd like to get you something, something real nice. Sorry, it's from a movie. And, uh, well, we, we, we say, God, if you perform, then, then I'll, I'll worship. This woman gets a no, she gets a no, she gets a it's not my will. I'm only sent to the Lord sheep of the house of Israel. You're on the outside. So she comes and she worships. Do you know when you read your Bible, you'll find that praise and worship rarely follow, but always precede breakthrough. Did you know that? They, they praise God before the walls came down. 
They praised God before the valley was filled with ditches and the ditches were filled. They praised God before he set ambushes against the enemy. Praise always precedes breakthrough. What I love about this woman is she's saying to Jesus, you know what? You just, yeah, you, 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 you figured me out. You, 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 you recognize that I am a Syrophoenician, that I was born on the outside, that I have no covenantal access or rights to God. But let me tell you something. I know that you said in John chapter 4 that there are worshippers the Father seeks. He seeks those who will worship Him. And I'm telling you, I've seen Israelite after Israelite who have forsaken their birthright, who have forsaken their opportunity, who have given up their place to worship you. And so I might just slip in and take one of their places. Let me tell you, Jesus, I couldn't control my skin color. I couldn't control my DNA. I couldn't control who my parents were. I couldn't control where I was born, how I was born, what nationality I was born into. But you know what I can control? I can control my worship. I may have been born on the outside, but I don't got to worship like an outsider. And so she begins to worship. Worship moves the heart of God. We think that worship is what we do to get to the preaching. Worship is the main event. Worship is the, is, is the romance of your relationship with God. There's not a religion and worship moves God. Worship moves the heart of God. God is drawn towards a worshiper. There are seven billion people in the world. And most of it is conflict and strife and raping and killing and stealing and mugging and everything going on. And, and there's just noise and complaining. I'm not sure if you've ever gone on a road trip with your kids. We've got four of them. We're just, we're just going on a road trip. We've just pulled out of the driveway. How long do we get? We've just pulled out of the driveway. He touched me. No, he touched, he touched me first. He... I'm going to touch you. Sometimes on the way to church. I'm going to pull this car over and I'm going to beat the living snot out of you. Because we're on our way to church. We're going to learn about the love of Jesus. I'm going to walk in and get saved. I'm going to go out on my own altar call. I've got four and they're fighting and scratch. God's got seven billion in the back seat. He touched me. He bombed me. He's, he's got seven billion. And you wonder why he's drawn to just one person worshipping. Oh, oh. One person worshipping. God just... Oh. You better believe worship carries the favour of God. You know, my wife is feisty. That's why we have all these feisty pastors because you reproduce after your own kind. We, have, we can have arguments and I remember one time with this argument and, and she kept calling. I just kept refusing. And I knew I had to go home. I knew I had to go home. I thought, oh, she, she's a shit. I'm going to stay angry. I'm going to make a point. And as I'm driving home, I had, this, I had this thought. What if I get home and I'm determined, I'm determined, this thing's, I'm not going to fold. But I had this thought, what if I walk into the house, open the front door, and there she is standing there in that beautiful red dress. Hair all done. 
I could still be angry. Go to walk past her. And she reaches out and she grabs my arm, swings me around and looks at me and says, Cause I'm your lady. And you are my man. Whenever you reach for me, I do all that I can. We're heading for something. Somewhere I've never been. Sometimes I get frightened, but I'm ready to learn of the power of... Imagine if that happened. How many people know that has never happened? How many people know it's my fantasy that one day that will happen? It is such a fantasy that, you know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. I believe that faith without hints is dead. So I put that song into our twisted Christmas musical production. Hoping! Beautiful Jasmine sings it coming out of here. And I'm like, if, but you know how hard it would be to stay angry? If she sang that, Leanne, if you're watching, how hard it would be to say. Anyway, can I just tell you, there's something, there's something about when you and I worship. She was born on the outside, but worship immediately gets you on the inside. Listen to me. I didn't tell the 8.30 crowd this, so don't tell them I told you, okay? The Bible says that God has no favorites. Did you know that? God has no favorites. The Bible says that God shows no partiality. Okay? That's what, that's what the Bible says. It's what it says. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I read the Bible. God's got flipping favorites all the way through it. But he says, I have no favorites. I should. Yeah, right. David, favorite. Abraham, favorite. Moses, he's got flipping favorites all the way through. So, I, so one day, one day I went to God. I said, okay, God, shut the door. No one's listening. No, just you and me. I've got to represent your Bible. And they're atheists who say the Bible's full of contradictions. And so I've got to have an answer. God, I have discovered a contradiction. You say you don't got no favorites yet, but when I read your Bible, you've got favorites. And God said, you want me to explain? I said, please. So God says, the Bible is true. I choosing, I initiating, do not select favorites. I don't, I don't choose favorites. But he says, you're 100% right. When you read my Bible, you will find that my favor rests on this one. My favor rests on this one. My favor rests on this one. So I'm like, oh, well, then I don't understand. It's, it's a conundrum. It's an enigma. And God says, no, it's not. He says, I initiating do not choose favorites. However, he says, throughout history and throughout the pages of Scripture, there are men and women who choose to become intimates. He says, when they, on their choosing, become intimates, they step through a veil. They step through a curtain. They step into a place where my favor comes upon them and they establish themselves as favorites. If you want to begin to unlock God's favor over your life, make a decision with all the noise, with all the clutter, with all the distraction of all, uh, just all the entrapments around about you, that you will step aside from all of that and you'll spend some time in worship. You'll spend some time engaging your heart in worship. You'll begin to find the favor of God. David was a little boy they thought was walking 
into his death but because David was a worshiper the favor of God rested upon him people thought he defeated Goliath because he was a warrior but even Saul after examining him said you are just a youth you're not able he was a man of war from his youth you've never even had a battle but David began to say your servant keeps his father's sheep and I'm out there playing the harp and the presence of God would fall and when a lion or bear would come I'd load up my sling and I'd take down the lion I'd take down the bear the same God who was with me out in the mountains and the same God who's with me in the fields as I worship is the same God that's why he writes Psalm 23 yea though I walk through the valley of the shed David didn't say I'll walk into the he says yea though I walk through I'm coming up out of the other side of this valley and there's a nine foot nine giant standing in that valley with a sharpened sword that he'd been ying, ying, sharpening that day to take off whoever Israelite was going to come and face him take off their head David walks in no sword no spear no armory no protection Goliath is armored he's got helmet he's got bronze he's got metal he's got every he's got sword javelin spear and a shield bearer go it's two against one David walks down unarmed David walks down unprotected but he walks in there with God how does he know God is with him because the same God he experienced on the mountainside in worship there is something supernatural that is released over your life when you become a worshiper so she overcomes exclusion through worship. Now watch this. So now Jesus turns to her and he says, it's not good to take the children's bread, children of Israel's bread, and toss it to the little dogs. Now I've heard Christian pastors and theologians try and help Jesus. Don't help him. Well, what Jesus really meant was, no, 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 no. Jesus knew what he meant. Oh, I'm just trying to help you. Jesus, you really needed PR. <laughs> if you want to build like the worldwide, don't call people dogs. <laughs> he called her a little dog. Sure Can you imagine CNN? <laughs> this, this is CNN. And you know, they're down here. We're down here in, in Galilee and you've all heard about the Messiah, the water walker. Well, have we got a story here for you? Here's little Agatha with a demon-possessed daughter. Have we got a shot of, of little, little Agatha's daughter who's all demonized? Yeah, cut to that right now. Yeah, it's like this. <clears throat> Tragic, isn't it? Yeah, well, Agatha came to Jesus, and what happened, sweetheart? He completely ignored me. Did you hear that? Yeah, so-called caring Messiah, compassion, not. He, didn't, he just completely ignored her. Then what happened? He told me he was all racist. Yeah, you heard it here first. You know, Jesus is a racist. And, and then what did he do? He called me a little dog. You know, I mean, no one would blame her. You'd see her. People are, oh, no, no wonder. Like, you could see her at the salon. And she's got one of those, you know, the bucket things they put on their heads. So the aliens can't read their minds. Oh, I don't know what it is. Or they put that bucket thing, and she, you know, she's got a magazine, and she's sitting there with her girlfriends, and and uh, she goes, "Oh, how'd you get on with your little daughter? I heard you're going to Jesus. Oh, you're not going to believe what happened. What happened, Agatha? You're not going to believe it. Uh, he completely ignored me. Did he not hear you? Oh, he heard me. He heard me. He just ignored me. Oh, I don't. I think all that water walking's gone to his head. But it got worse. What do you mean it got worse? It got worse, Deirdre. Not only did he ignore me." I think that's their names. It's not, it doesn't say in the Bible. I'm just not sure. <laughs> not only did he ignore me, but then he got all racial. He what? 
He told me, because I'm not an Israelite, I'm not good enough. Oh, no, no wonder Susie worships Buddha. I can't believe it. It got worse. What do you mean it got worse? He called me names. He what? Yeah, he called me a name. What did he call you? He called me a little dog. A little dog. Now listen, she could have got offended. She could have got offended and nobody would blame her. She could have legitimately got offended and no, everyone would rally to her side and say, absolutely, Jesus doesn't deserve you. And I've seen Christians get offended. I've been a Christian for 32 years. Listen, Jesus says offenses must come. Jesus entrusted his church to men. As good as I try to be, I can never reach perfection. I can't. That's why the Bible says fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher. When we get offended, because we took our eyes off Jesus and we put it on the man of God or the woman of God who will always let you down. Jesus calls her a little dog. Her response, have a look at it, is crazy. So she breaks through silence. She breaks through exclusion. Now she has to overcome offense. Watch this. Jesus said it's not good to take the children's bread and toss it to little dogs. Watch her response. She says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She says, you may call me a little dog, but I will still call you Lord and I will still call you master. Here's the deal. If she would have got offended, maybe, maybe she doesn't have to go to church to be a Christian. There are so many Christians. Well, I used to go to church, but I got hurt. So now I just watch online. We tithe online, we worship online, we just watch. And maybe you can be an online watching Christian. And maybe it doesn't affect your Christianity. But if she would have got offended and disconnected, you know who would have paid the price? Not her. Her daughter is the one who picks up the check. Her daughter would have picked up. I can't tell you how many Christians over the years get offended and they pay, they pay the check with their kids' lives. They pay the check with the kids. So watch what she does. She says, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs which fall from their masters. I know that. I know it. If I can just call you master. If I can just sit by your table. I don't need, I don't need a whole loaf of bread. I don't even need a slice of bread. Because I went to the psychiatrist. I took it to the psychologist. I took it to the therapist. I took it to the, the medical practitioners. We tried this drug and this drug and this drug. There's nothing that can help it. But this is what I know. There is more power in one crumb that falls from the table of heaven than all the institutions on planet earth put together. And I refuse to let my offense rub my daughter. You may call me a dog, but I will call you Lord and I will call you master because there's more power in one crumb. Jesus is so rocked. He says, oh daughter, great is your faith. No longer woman, oh daughter. You've gone from the outside, you're an insider. Oh daughter, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And a daughter was completely set free in that very moment. There's something powerful. There is something powerful when you and I can understand from this mama's example how to overcome silence, how to overcome exclusion, and how to overcome 
offense. Don't ever let offense get you. It's amazing how many Christians are being taken out by offense. It's the devil's primary weapon. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let it happen to you. You'll always pay for it with your children. Life is too short and they're just too precious. Make a decision. I'm going to lift my eyes. Man may have hurt, but I'm going to lift my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to keep pursuing Jesus because if you will continue to call him master, you will get to sit at his table. Do you know the Bible says he prepares a table before you in the presence of thine enemies and your cup overflows. There's something about the table of God. When you're under warfare, you know what God says? He says, sit down and eat. Eat of my delicacies because there's enough power in just one crumb that falls from my table than all the power of all Satan and all his demonic hordes put together. Hell can't overcome one crumb of power that falls from heaven's table and God has power for you. God has deliverance from you. God has healing for you in Jesus' mighty name. God, if you believe that this morning, give God a great shout. Would you do this? Would you, would you do this? I, I was meant to do something and I completely forgot. I was meant to do something before I preached. Today is Mother's Day and, and God gave me a very, very clear directive. But because it's a little bit personal, a little bit private, would you just do this? Would you just close your eyes and just bow your head, just out of respect for a minute? And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, as we were celebrating all the mamas, giving them tote bags, because God bless Jerry Brown and 10 cents per bag. At... <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> but there are some, some wives here. And, and I, saw, I saw an exasperation. And I saw a disappointment. And I saw a heartbreak around this very issue. I saw some miscarriage. And I saw just can't seem to conceive, can't seem to conceive, can't seem to conceive. A number of years ago, God told us to dig three wells in prayer. The first well was a well of healing. The second well was a well of prosperity. The third one was a well to overcome barrenness, that the barren would be fruitful. And if you're here today and you've been unable to conceive or you've been trying to conceive and maybe you're miscarrying, I want to pray for you right now. So if that's you, while, while no one's looking around, you don't need to even slip a hand up, but just put your palms out in front of you like you're receiving something. Just stretch your hands out in front of you. Father, right now I come against the spirit of infirmity and a spirit of barrenness. I come against any and every demonic interference. And I declare to you today, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are evicted. You are dismissed. You leave these lives right now. I prophesy over the wombs and I declare these wombs are fruitful. These are fruit-bearing wombs. I declare the seed. The seed is fertile. The seed is good. The seed is strong. And the womb is fruitful. And I re Father, I release. I release right now. Release right now. Release right now. Supernatural fruitfulness in the wombs. Father, for some, give them double for their trouble. Give them, a, give them twins, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, every head is bowed, every eye closed. I am out of time. But if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, friend, the reason that you're here and the greatest thing you can do, surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you're here today and you once walked with God, but maybe you've slipped away, fell away, turned away. Whatever it is, you just know today you're away from God. I've got to tell you, life's too good. God's too good. And life can be too short to live away from God. Would you come back and trust Him again? Would you give, 
Or maybe you're just here today, you're just far from God. Friend, don't leave. Don't walk out of here the same way you walked in. God is waiting, like that song said, with open arms. He died on a cross with open arms to draw you in, not to push you away. If you're away from God, it's not His choice. But you can make a choice today to come back and He'll receive you. If you're one of those three categories of people who never given your life to Christ, once did, slipped away, fell away, turned away, you're just away. Or you're here today and you're just far. Friend, don't live far. Come back. If you're one of those three, would you let me pray for you as I close this service? Just by lifting your hands and I'll, I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you. Who are those ones? Quickly, just lift your hand up behind and say, Pastor, you're talking about me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Through there. Thank you, sweetheart. On the end, I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you up the back. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you down here. I see your hand. Who else is there? feel like there's somebody else my life's not right pastor i need to get it right i'm away from god thank you over here thank you sir i see your hand god bless you thank you up the back i see your hand up there thank you someone in here thank you young man i see your hand is there somebody else i feel like there's still somebody else someone wrestling in your heart wrestling with god surrender i promise you the greatest decision i ever made 32 years ago was to surrender to god thank you over there thank you who else is there? I still feel like there's somebody just wrestling. Thank you, champion. I see your hand. Thank you, sweetie. I see your hand. Is there somebody else? Thank you up the back. Thank you. Anybody else? Quickly, I am out of time and I want to pray. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you, sweetie. I see your hand. Maybe there's someone here. Maybe you got offended. Maybe you used to go to church and you got hurt and you don't even know if you can trust me. Friend, honestly, trust Jesus. Jesus loves you. Thank you, sir. He can heal your hurts. He can heal your hurts. Even when life is cruel and people are unjust, God is just. God is kind. Is there one more person? I need to pray. Man, so many people raise their hands and we're out of time. So could you do this? Could we all pray this prayer? Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed and say these words with me out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, everyone in the building. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that a mama saved the day that Mary chose to give birth to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who was born to die on the cross to take away my sin. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross to set me free. Thank you that today I am forgiven. I'm healed. I am set free. Today I'm a child of God. Heaven is my home. And I have eternal life from this moment forward in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'm so proud of you. Tonight at 5 p.m., our women's, our women's night speaker, Beth Blois, is going to be here. Plus, we've got a special little treat, an item that we did. I'd love for you to come back. But uh, make sure, husbands, you take your wives out. Make sure you take your mamas out. Standing over here is, uh, is uh, a beautiful young lady. We have a response lounge. Uh, over here. Those of you that raise your hands, we'd love to give you a Bible, which is the book I was reading from. We'd also like to give you a following Jesus book. So if you raise your hand, go and see this young lady. If you're sitting with someone that raised their hand, see this young lady. If you're sitting with someone who needs to get their life right, go and see this young lady. That's our gift to you. But have a great, great Mother's Day. We'll see you back here tonight, 5 p.m. God bless you. Don't forget, get your tickets for the live album recording. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We wanna take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. 
If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.